Welcome back to the podcast called Tell the World. I'm your host, Sota. Blessed evening, blessed morning, blessed day. Okay, so um, Minnesota cops are just shooting, shooting black men like it's, like it's nothing. I mean, it's, I mean, how do a cop make an accidental shooting and say, it was an accident versus saying taser. I just saw the video, so it seems like she panicked from drawing her taser to pulling out her gun and shooting this young man, Dante uh, Wright. So um, the chief says it looks like an accident. I mean, or just look at the video. It is what it is. She shot him. So, I think it's hard to be a police officer, ain't it? These days, it was easy to be a police officer, but now it's hard to be a police officer. I mean, all the training that they get, and they still can't get it to just, you know, not shoot every black man they see? Or just shoot a person, period. Like, it doesn't make sense to me with all of this shooting. I mean, an accident versus trying to get your taser. It looks like it was three officers. Could it have been four or was it three? I think it was three because it was two officers from the left side to the right side of the vehicle. That's two, and then I believe it was her in the back. So three officers pull somebody over for a traffic violation. And the traffic violation turns into this young man had a warrant. So it's like, and yes, we know he, you know the young man tensed up and tried to jump back into the vehicle. But, you know. There's still no reason to shoot him. You know, shit gets harder because you don't know how to react with cops now these days. Well, let's just say this generation right now. They're fleeting. They're taking off. They're running. You know, but it's a lot of elements going on to say, well, that's what got him killed because he took off. It's like a lot of things can happen versus you dealing with an officer who's who's trained but they're training sometime on the how to handle certain situations with black men they seem to panic and just shoot us so a lot I, I, I don't get it traffic violation plates were out who cares it don't matter it don't matter. I mean, this young man wasn't that big, but I understand you don't want to fight with someone and then you're not sure if they have a weapon on them. It, it, it's just a lot of shit goes on to be a police officer. And we do know that some of them try to do their best to, you know, make the right decision. Let's say some of them. 
you know, drawing a gun all the time and shooting someone is just is is not good in the city. It's not good in any town. It's not good in Minnesota right now because you're already dealing with that uh, George Floyd case. It's like, you know, it's it's hard right now uh, for everyone. Yes, the young people are going to loot your stores. <sighs> a lot of elements, a lot of shit is just going to happen. It comes with the package. Um, is it a curse? Revenge for shooting all the black men that didn't deserve to die, period? Any of them? Is people fed up with all of this that they don't care? Being a chief right now, it's hard to be a chief of a police department now because your job could be on the line. One of your officers do something that's reckless can cause you your badge as well, cause you to step down from your job. It's all getting crazy. We're going from a pandemic to cities opening up now. Now all over the world right now, we're getting just heinous killing right now. The killing has started again. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what else we could say in this world. Pandemic kept us in. They're starting to open back up. Killing starts again. So it's, 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 it's back to reality again. I usually give it six months to shooting starts again, but, you know, we've been locked down, so now the season has started again. People, and you're hearing this on the news, all of this killing, and on either side, it's, it's just becoming reckless again. I don't know about how laws can change and prevent uh, other human beings from doing things doing harm to each other especially with guns I don't know if that can actually change anything because you can practically get a gun off the street and you don't have to have a registered uh, a gun, pistol, whatever you want to call it they will find a way to get it or they'll find some weapon to use so the laws can Prevent by making sure that, you know, your record is clean. Um, or the law can be where if you're doing any domestic thing, you can get your gun rights taken away from you when you're not able to use that gun anymore. I think they're passing laws like that. Like some of those things, th that may help. You know, making sure that... Um, you have the rights for your, your gun. But we don't know who to trust. Because these people just snap any day. They You don't know who's around you're going to snap. Look at this guy in Colorado. He goes in the grocery store shooting people. SWAT team gets there. Shoot him in the leg. Walks him right out of there. He didn't even get killed. Don't matter about his race. He's not black. He's not dead. This is what uproars the the 
you're getting killed. And these people are walking out alive. And then killed up five or six people, maybe more. It doesn't balance out. We got a long way to go still. I, I, I see some of the changes within uh, police departments. You know, they're being a little bit more compassionate about some of the things. And I could be wrong. It may not be in every state. I mean, we're all human when it just draws down in the end. We're human. Um, having a gun is a responsibility. And once you pull it out and you shoot that gun, you know, the accountability and the responsibility of drawing your weapon and using it lies on you. Being a police officer, yes, we know it's not a good job. For that person's family, they're concerned about their loved one out there uh, uh, um, protecting the community, as well as it should be reversed to the other side. The people that they uh, uh, pull over or they do stops on, you know, you would hope that it all goes down peaceful. But nobody knows how anything's going to go down or go right. We just don't know. But we do know that a lot of black men have been shot by cops. And some of those things are not accidents. You match these videos up with a white person um, pulling out their rifle. They're not getting killed. They just get a slap on the wrist, took him to jail, whatever. The laws are different when it comes to a black man. They think that we are aggressive, that they have to draw their weapon. That's how they try to see us. And we know this. We know this. It's not fair on the other side. Voters' rights, taxpayers' money, Come on. 2008, maybe nine. I um, I signed up to be a police officer. I took the test, and I passed the test. And my first class, uh, you know, I, I think that first class was was talking about. Uh, the duties of uh, a police officer and what your job would be about, you know, once you get through your courses. And this guy was um, directing the class, and he was basically saying that being a police officer, the job is basically profiling. He said, your job will be basically profiling. I was like, profiling? What does he mean about profiling? Pro 
profiling meaning that everything that you see on a person or when you're directly looking at a person, you're going to profile him from his head down to his toes, his race, everything. So as he was walking across the, the classroom, he started pointing directly at individuals and profiling them. As he was walking, he was coming down the center aisle. He made his way to the left of the aisle and my aisle. And he came towards my direction. And he looked at my hair and he said, uh, now I consider him to be a drug dealer. And I said, a drug dealer? Based on my hair? That's what you're going to profile me as? I'm like, what did I sign up for? You assume that because I had locks that I would be considered profiled as a drug dealer? So the class continues. And he was saying how stressful the job could be. As well as he was saying that if you're married, you can hang that up. Because you may not have that marriage long. I was like, wow. Did he just say that? He said, being a police officer, you're married to the, the police department. Because that's where you will be spending most of your time. Countless and countless of hours. You make good money. But that's where all your time will be at. Even if you pull somebody over for a traffic violation that morning and you're getting off around about 7 and you're um, giving someone a citation and your do job lets you off around 7 in the morning and you get back to the police department you still have to file paperwork. So basically he was saying that being a police officer, you're basically just filing a lot of paperwork based on um, um, people that you may give, be giving out citations to or whatever your report that you read up on someone out there. Basically, you're logging in all that information. That's your job. That's what you'll be doing. He said, you won't stop crying. And if you do, you won't have the credit for it. The detective takes the credit. The detective takes the credit? If I stopped some crime and I was the hero, I won't be the hero. The detective will be the hero. So it's true, you want me to save the cat out the tree. Um, get the old lady across the street. Because basically, you know, growing up, that's what they were showing you. So this job is basically not really stopping crime. As I started learning that being a police officer, it is a, a you're, you're doing a, a service to the community. You're serving the community. 
your um it's not all what you think it is. It's a service call. You call them for assistance, they come out. It's basically what was being told to me in class. He said if you're married, you won't be married long because you'll be married to the job. Meaning that you'll be more time at your work than at home with your family. Meaning that you may meet somebody on the force. Really? Why would he be saying that to us in class? Or was this guy just a fucking asshole? Because this is what he was saying, people. This is what he was saying. Countless of hours being a police officer and the people that you work with all the time, man, female, eventually you guys may start taking a liking for each other. Something like joining the military, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Military, maybe. Navy, maybe Marine. You're stuck on a boat. And for six months, and you're seeing each other every day on that boat, and eventually, oh, fuck it. Some of these guys be looking miserable on their job, being a police officer. So, psychologically, maybe they have a lot of things going on with them that they're not happy about. You know, you're tired, you can't um, be the person you want to be. It started off with smiles and being proud, but then eventually, you know, you see a lot of shit and it fucks up your psychological. So, I started, you know, thinking about, you know, this job here, like, you know, do I want to take it? Like, do I want to be a police officer? I I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm ready for this. You mean to tell me that just because I am taught to profile people? Because this is what he told me. He said, once you start profiling people, that'll be in your everyday life. Meaning that when you're off your job that day, you could be in a grocery store. You're looking at people. You're profiling them. Because that's what it psychological does to you. Eventually, you profile everybody. Meaning you may be assuming some things. I don't want to live my life profiling everybody every day trying to figure them out. But this is the life of a police officer. it's, 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 it's It's a stressful job. Certain areas you have to work in and stuff that may have high crime rate, uh, shootings all the time in areas and you have to go work in that area so it puts you up under pressure puts you up under stress these are the duties of a police officer and I just figured like you know what because on that test I saw that a crime happened it was a um, on the test they had a uh, a question where they illustrate with you with pictures, buildings, cars, anything that was in associated with where the crime happened at, you are 
you have to profile the whole area. You have to get all the witnesses. You have to get all the information from everybody. And so you have to remember everything that you saw and you have to write it down in your report. Names. What they saw. Numbers. What buildings they live in. What buildings they work at. This is what you see sometimes when they throw out the yellow tape. They're marking the crime scene. They're investigating. They're taking notes. They're taking pictures. Witnesses. So it's a tough job. So a lot of stress comes with it. Because you really don't have a life. Because most of your your days and your hours is with them. So um, it's never an easy job. But, you know, when I signed up for it. And I started learning the classes, you know, because I was reaching the uh, academy um, part where, you know, you get your your basic training and stuff. So I I didn't want to go no further than that. I, I don't want to be profiling people and I don't want to be living my life every day because, you know, it's like being a school teacher, too. I forgot to say that, too, that you can't stay in the same neighborhood. You can't hang out with the friends that you used to have. Uh, trust me, it's, it's a job. I understand that. And I know um, when you're working, you, you're protecting your bread and butter. You can't be on both sides of the field. So as the school teachers, they can't live in the district where the students live at. So you have to, you know, they're paying you enough money for you to be able to move into a better community. A lot comes with some of these jobs, being firemen, being police officers, um, there's restrictions in some of these jobs. So when people sign up for them, you know, it comes with it. The restrictions and what your obligations to be. They figure they're paying you all this money that, you know, you should be living in a better neighborhood and being around better people. So the job comes with restrictions. But um, profiling people and... Um, the stress of that job, I, I didn't want. I learned some things, but I, I didn't want it. I, I, I just didn't want it. And I remember they still, I believe it was in 2013, they had sent me a letter still trying to get me to come to the academy. But I, 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 I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. It's, it's too much. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't built for that. Let's just say that. I wasn't built for that. I'd have been a nice police officer. I would have probably been a police officer with a partner that might have been an asshole. I've probably been checking his ass every day. So it wouldn't have worked out for me. I, I don't think that would have been good. So, but accidents that causes black men to get killed by police officers is no accident. Drawing your weapon all the time. Who's making the threat? Who's causing the threat? Who's making the threat happen? I mean, a lot of shit goes down when you pull out your gun. And from how I've been raised, when you pull your gun out, you better use it. Don't fuck around. You gonna use it? There's rules to having a gun. I had to get rid of my gun one time because... I was almost going to use it, and uh, but I was trying to protect myself, but more so 
protecting more so making the right decision, especially over something that's not worth it. And taking another person's life wouldn't have been fair for me to do that. So I made the best decision. The best decision was, was not to use a weapon. The best decision was to pull back. The best decision was talking to my dad. And he told me, you know, you probably want to get rid of the gun. It's a responsibility with a gun. And just because somebody got one and you pull that trigger and you shoot somebody, defending yourself or not, you kill somebody, it will wing on your heart. We all talk and say, oh, you know, I don't care. I'm going to whatever. It doesn't, it's never, it's easy to say. Now, if I got to defend myself, I got no problem doing it. But, you know, it's it's decisions. And, you know, everybody's decision is different. I just felt like, you know what, let me just wait this out. Let me um, probably get some training about using my, um, my handgun. Mm. You know, let me learn some things about having a gun. I don't want to freestyle saying I, I got one, I have a registered gun, and I'll use it if I'm threatened. I don't want to be bragging like that with a gun, so I just, I decided to get rid of the gun, and uh, I said, I'll just wait until I'm ready to have a gun. Now, I kept it locked. I kept the uh, shell casing out. I kept the clip, whatever you want to call it. I kept all that out. I put the um, security lock on the gun through the barrel of the gun so I, so no one could accidentally get a hold to the gun and put the clip in the gun. You know, it was like almost like a bike. It looked like a bike rack to me, but it was some kind of um, some kind of gun rack where you just slide it into the um, into the um, the clip part, and then it goes through where the barrel is at, where you're not able to put a bullet in there or put a clip in there. So I thought that was kind of neat with that gun I had. It, it wasn't nothing special. I think it was a 380, 380 Cobra. It was a small gun. I have small hands, so I, I don't I don't think I'm good with heavy guns. But I did shoot guns when I was a kid uh, in Mississippi, so I shot um, shotguns, well, 12-gauge shotguns I, I had. Uh, when me and my friend used to go hunting, I used to go hunting with him, and he would have his guns on the wall. We were shooting guns at the age of 12 and 13, but we were responsible, like, a different time back then, you know. So, then I wasn't good at shooting, um, shooting things. I just, just wouldn't, I wasn't good at it. We went, actually, we went, um, we went deer hunting as well as squirrel hunting. That's what we were doing. You're probably saying, you had a 12 gauge for a squirrel? Look. We went hunting. We were 12. I, I don't know. But I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So we were going, I believe, squirrel hunting. And as we went deep into these woods, wow, I get deep. Oh, my God. If you live in a, a wooded area, you'll find some interesting places in the woods, and you would wonder, is anybody living in these woods? Because you'll find some spots in the woods that look like, hey, this could be a good hideout spot. 
the way I was seeing it, the way I saw it, the places I went in the woods, you would have been amazed. Um, so we go on squirrel hunting, and so my friend says, there's a squirrel nest right there. And I'm like, that's a big nest. What kind of squirrel is that? And he said, just shoot in there. So when I shot, all of a sudden, what I thought was a squirrel was a freaking raccoon. It wasn't just one. It was about three and four of them. And one of them started coming down the tree. I dropped the 12 gate gun and I took off and left the gun left my friend it was a big raccoon it wasn't a squirrel it was a freaking raccoon I don't think I hit him because it was coming down the tree and it was making some sound I don't know I'm gonna kick your ass maybe that's what it was saying and I took off I took off Late that evening, I saw my friend coming back with the gun as he was dragging, which looked like bodies, two bodies, but they weren't human bodies. They were two big raccoons. I was like, oh my God, they're so huge. They were long. I'm telling you what I saw. Maybe in a kid's eye at 12, it looked it long to me. But he was dragging and bringing him home late that evening. And the gun that I dropped. So, I wasn't good at guns. You know, there were doing some times we would go shooting and I would shoot the 12 gauge and the shells would kick out. And I always felt like the shells were hitting me in the face. Or the shells, not just the shells, but the kickback of the gun was too powerful. You imagine a 12-year-old shooting a 12-gauge? That's what I was doing when I was a kid. But we never played with guns where we were drawing guns on each other. And we knew better than that. We knew better than that. So... Blessings to God that nobody was reckless with guns. Nobody got hurt. Um, oh, there was a time when I was uh, going hunting and I saw a deer and I shot at it and it bucked at me. It came towards me like with its horns. But I don't know if this deer understood that I only shot because there was a, a barbed wire fence between us both. So I knew he couldn't get me. But this deer kept coming with his horns, so when I shot, it bucked at me, and his horns uh, got caught within the barbed wire. I never hit him. <laughs> I just wasn't good at aiming. But, you know, growing up, um, that was a, um, a Mississippi lifestyle uh, with, with hunting, going fishing, doing things like that. So, um I'm more better with um, being an advocate of not killing any animals. I've never killed any animal. I never had good aim. But I did experience with with guns. And um, I don't want to shoot anything that's alive. 
I, I, I'd rather just use it for target practicing. I know we, some of us have handguns and guns itself to protect our homes, protect our lives, which is, which is understandable. Um, but my protection now in my life is different. And, um, I have God with me everywhere I go, so I don't fear anybody, I don't fear no man, I don't fear no gun, so I'm, I'm, I'm much better without the guns. I'm much better. I quote that again, I've never shot an animal. I did practice going hunting, I wasn't good at it, <laughs> I just wasn't. So the stress is with a gun, and you get in confrontations with people, where things get out of hand, you get scared. This was a female that shot this guy, Dante. So she panicked. She had a taser out. Confusion, taser versus gun. One single shot kills this man. He did take off in his car after he got shot, but it kills him. So um, I believe... Um, in general, um, maybe, you know, some of the laws that they're doing, I think also within the community, I think, you know, I think maybe they should just have close community classes and courses with everyone with handling the gun and, you know, uh, show young ones that, you know, the, the right way to have a weapon, not just freely having one. You know, teaching the responsibility of having a weapon. Um, and, and basically open up a lot of programs again for the, the young youths to get them something to do. Not just have weapons and doing um, things that, you know, screw their whole lives up for the rest of their lives. They're not able to do nothing to enjoy their lives. They go to jail so young, at a young age, for, for the heinous crimes that they do. We did have a discussion probably about a week ago with the, some of my friends, and we were talking about, well, some of these killings are, are not just, just based on uh, mental cases or people have uh, issues. And that's where we came with debate because I was saying some of them have issues. And some of them were saying, no, they don't. Because if you kill somebody, you know what you're doing. I said that could be the case, but... You know, most of the time, some of these people have mental issues. And yes, some of these people freaking snap. It is dangerous out here. You don't know where you're going and when someone's going to pull out a weapon. But I always make sure that I know where the nearest exit door is, wherever I go. I'm not in stores long. I get in there, I get out. I'm sorry, I'm not taking no chances. So... It, we're just living in crazy times. Look at all this killing. Just, just, just recently, a month ago, killing just went right back up. As soon as they started opening up around the states, look what's happening again. We go right back to the old life. One person kills, and all these other crazy killers start coming out killing. Killing for money. Killing family members. Just killing for nothing. Then the, we got the cops now doing killing again. Then we got someone who just snaps and go into a grocery store and just want to kill. No good explanation of why they did it. People losing families and uh, losing their, their siblings and 
mothers losing their sons and daughters. Young lady and her boyfriend died, but the baby survived. They both got shot. Parents got shot, but they baby survived. It's awful out here right now. All we can do is pray. Only thing we can do is just pray. And uh, hopefully, as a um, human being of society, us all, that we can just get together and start changing um, not just the laws, but um, working on our behaviors. There's a lot of elements that has caused um, things to go the way they are. We all are responsible of our rights and our wrongs. That's the first thing. Right and wrong, you should know. I know that's hard to tell that to a killer. It's worth a try before they do something that they're going to regret for the rest of their lives. Some of them cheat their way out by just killing themselves. Last week we had those two NFL players did the killing that they did. It's just all type of killing, not just the police officers now. It's everybody that's doing it. I don't know if I should be afraid of the pandemic or afraid of someone with a gun. So I keep praying. I keep praying for the, the better days that we all deserve to have. That's the most important thing. If someone's in distress and you see them in distress, you know, if you can talk to them, talk to them. You know, don't judge them, talk to them. Just talk to them, be understanding. Worst thing in the world you want to do is, is push someone to the limits of, I don't care anymore. And they wake up that morning and just snap. I think that's what we don't want to happen. But, you know, we're human beings and we can only do what we can. But we can't do it without prayers. Just remember that. We can't do it without prayers. Okay, guys. I'm going to end it here. And um, if you like the podcast, hit it and share it. I'm on every platform I practically can think of. You know, I'm on your iTunes. And, you know, Google has changed it to Google's podcast now. So I'm on Google's podcast as well as um, Spotify. I'm on Spotify. I'm trying to get on Pandora, so I'm still working on that. I'm on a lot of um, platforms right now, so um, you guys um, just check me out. And um, you guys have a nice day. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And that concludes Tell the World Podcast. Peace.